This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Fight hard, grit. It's what they got. You know what I mean? And that's what the New Orleans Saints have been about. And so, look, I know that the the, the, the wins haven't come like we like we had hoped, but our guys have never never quit fighting. And uh, why well, I love coaching them. Yeah, fight hard. Grit. Put it on a poster. Hang it on the wall. That's that's kind of what I hear there. Um, but yeah, we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to close this segment out. It's going to be a quick one. Every time I say that, it ends up being a half an hour, but I promise that's not the case this time. I'm Jeff Nowak with Steve Geller, because my main question is, Steve, yeah. is this a good defense? When you when you hear that question, you know, is this like a top five NFL defense as it is right now? No, not right now. And the biggest disappointment has been the run defense this season. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, I've, I think coming into this year, we all talked about how this unit was going to have to be El Presidente and, and leading leading the team week in and week out. And we've seen them really have some solid games, but there's been the issues of the run defense, the lack of takeaways, and then some, you know, those late game situations where they, they've seemed to have folded. But I will say a lot of it has been two because of the fact they've been let, left out there too long. Yes, that's definitely fair. Um, so let's we can just go through some stats, right? So yeah. this team it has not allowed an opponent to go over 20 points since week nine against the Ravens. So yeah, you can do the math there. That's five consecutive. No, so 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, no, 15, 16. So that's six, which that's pretty impressive if you do it at any point, right? Like who the opponents are, like, that's a pretty impressive stretch. And I do think, to an extent, this defense has has improved as the season's gone on. You know, obviously, you haven't had Marshawn, but I, and I think, like, the first couple games without him were, were sketchy at points. And I think Tay Taylor specifically, you know, has gotten grown by leaps and bounds. Like, he, he never panics when the ball's in the air, right? Like, you can't say that about Paul Sanadibo, who I think has – I don't want to say he's regressed, but he hasn't – he hasn't – progressed at the at the pace you would have hoped to see based on how good his preseason was you know he looks very similar to the player we saw out there last year with the difference that he's going against wide receiver ones because Marshawn's not there across from him and you know he's been called for several questionable penalties he had one in this game Marsha or Alante Taylor had a had a big pass breakup and you know oh look a flag holding on the other side of the field way away from the play and that's been very frustrating. In the Bucks game, he had that pass interference down to the one-yard line, right? And you could ask, why is he getting singled up on Mike Evans at that point in the game? But uh, you could also ask, why can't you cover Mike Evans? If that's Marshawn, you never wonder. You are comfortable. And I think part of the reason you're a Debo and you are getting singled against Mike Evans is because that's just your game plan for the Bucs, is you are comfortable putting Mike Evans on an island to get somebody. The difference is 
This time you put Mike Evans on Paulson Adebo Island and not Marshawn Lattimore Island. And you saw the results. And so, yeah, I, I think that's something. But here are some numbers kind of going into it. Completion percentage again, 61.2%. That's number four in the NFL. Yards per passing attempt allowed, 5.8. That's number four in the NFL. Total yards allowed, 2,856. That's number two in the NFL. Hmm. Touchdowns allowed, 16. That's number four in the NFL. First downs allowed passing on the season, 146. That's number four in the NFL. First down percentage allowed. So like the number of first downs that turn into a first down, right? Does that make sense? Like the number of new new down sets, the, the percentage end up being a first down generated on that set of downs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so that number is 29.9%. That's the second best number in the NFL. Sacks, 40, tied for ninth in the NFL. And then these are the numbers that are kind of amazing. Interceptions, four, tied for 32nd, and that's last in the NFL. Takeaways, 11, total takeaways, 11, last in the NFL. And that's what's amazing, right, is like total yards allowed. To be number two in the NFL and total yards allowed with only having four of those drives ended with an interception is pretty crazy, right? You would think, you know, but you are getting off the field. Like they are, they have been very good at getting off the field. They just haven't made the game changing plays. And that's the frustrating thing is like, you can see that it's a good defense and you just can't get to that point where you can take over a game because you need to do what Daniel Sorensen did, right? You need to be able to get that interception. Like what Bradley Roby did, it just hasn't happened. The other thing, as you mentioned, rush yards allowed per attempt 4.5. That is tied for 19th in the NFL. First downs allowed by penalty, 38. That is the most in the NFL by four, which, you know, 38, you know, four is, that's a pretty wide margin in that, in that scenario. And then, and they're not, they're not leading that league in penalties called either. So they're just getting called for a whole lot of first down allowing penalties. And the crazy thing is they actually do lead the league in one set of penalties. And that is false start. They have 24 of those on the season. That's the most in the NFL. That's the frustrating part. And that's where, you know, you go into the coaching and, you know, obviously those are two different sets of coaching, right? Like Dennis Allen is coaching the defense. So like the first downs allowed by penalty, that's on him because those are defensive penalties and the false starts are on Pete Carmichael, who's the other side of the ball. But it's just, you, you look at the raw numbers and you would guess that this is a good team based on how the defense has performed and, you know, the consistency of the offense. And it just hasn't been. And it's like, you wonder, it's like, see, it's like, it, it's that narrow of a margin. This team very easily could be, they're six and nine right now. They could very easily be nine and six. My question though, really is that of everything is why has the run defense dropped as much as it had? Because that, that used to be a top five unit, no doubt. And it just seemed to, there was a dramatic change in that this season. And I expected, more of the issues to be at the back end with newer safeties than against the run kind of thing. Yeah. So you've gotten the, the run defense is tough because like in some instances you're getting gashed by guys who were getting to the edges, right? Like, you know, the reason they struggled against the Ravens in the run game isn't the same as the reason they struggled yeah. against Najee Harris, right? Like those are two different things, but I do. Th- I mean, I went to the season saying the defensive interior was, was a question um, weak point, right? I, I expected, I wanted to see a guy like Devonte Wyatt, right? You know, there was the other Georgia defensive tackle that if he had gotten there, Javon Carter was his name, Jalen Carter. I can't remember. They they weren't able to get anybody or they didn't they didn't address the position really. They signed Kentavious Street, a guy who, you know, traditionally has been kind of an inside outside. And it's like yeah, but like if he was a stud inside rusher, inside defensive player, he would have been there his whole career. The reason you get shuffled around is because you're kind of a tweener. So like that's not a guy who you expect to really shore up the run defense. David Onyemata. 
I think, has taken a step back this season, no question. He's been good, but he hasn't been. I think in the past he's been a guy who could who could kind of put that unit on his back, and he hasn't been that this year. Malcolm Roach has been solid. He did take out Deshaun Watson on that interception return, which I was a big fan of. Good for you, Malcolm. But to me, that's where you go. And I've and I've said this a few times is this team also just doesn't have a lot of team speed. Like you don't look at this team and say like, oh, this is a really athletic defense outside of the, the secondary. And I think that's that's kind of coming to roost a little bit, especially as Cam Jordan is getting you know older and he's, he's a little less rangy. I guess I would say I've, I'm more impressed with the, the athleticism at linebacker than I had initially thought. Yeah. Well, and I think the run defense has gotten better excluding that Falcons game. And, and I think they are still good in the more traditional run stuffing games. Like they, they held up well against Josh Jacobs. I thought they held up reasonably well, well against Nick Chubb in this game. Like they didn't let him break the game. He had 92 yards, 3.8 yards of carry, right? Like they, they made him an inefficient runner. And so, yeah, I think they have gotten better as they've been able to incorporate Caden Ellis a bit more because I think he, he, is a, he is a more stout tackler, if you will. Like Pete Runner is a good tackler, but he's not a big guy. Like I think that if you kind of go forward and if you get to a point where Demario Davis is no longer on this roster, I think you would actually keep Pete at will and you would move Caden into the middle linebacker role because you have to be a bit bigger in that, in that and you have to be a better pass rusher in that role. Are you thinking um, of that because of contract or because of trade with Demario? I, I think he's going to retire at some point. But not next year. I doubt it, but <laughs> it's not impossible. I mean, this is his 11th season. I don't think he's going to retire, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. Like Malcolm Jenkins could still be playing right now, but he has a lot going on off the field. And yeah. he does, it didn't feel like he needed to keep doing it. The difference for DeMario is he doesn't have a ring. Like Malcolm had two. So he was like, okay. Made a lot easier, um, yeah. But I mean, they're, they're very similar in the sense that they both have a lot of, of off-the-field type stuff that keep them busy and like families and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to have to replace DeMario this season, but I do think you have to re-sign Caden Ellis. And that's going to be the question. The market for Caden Ellis, too, has gotten a lot more interesting because of his performance down the stretch and the opportunity he's gotten uh, i'm sure a lot of teams kind of took note of uh this seventh round pick who's i mean good for him doing it in his contract year but not because it was going on all season it was it was definitely stepping up when the opportunity you know came up for him it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and I think he's, you know, he's he's made it actively more difficult to re-sign him in the sense that, you know, you're going to have to pay him real linebacker money now, and he's probably going to have interest elsewhere because uh, he's put up some really good tape. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be more difficult. But I do think he wants to be here, right? I think when you're a seventh-round pick and you're that type of player who's just been given an opportunity and thrived in it, you kind of kind of feel like you you want to be in that. You know, you don't want to just bail on that. I, if, if you were to say... There's a Dennis Allen guy on this team. You would think that yep. Kate Nelson's got to be one of them, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's a really good point. 
And if Kate, if Dennis Allen is still the head coach, I expect him to have a very big impact in being able to keep Caden around. And yeah, I mean, like that's the thing is like people people want to want to trash DA and say like these guys don't care. They tuned him out. Like that's not what's happened. It's not like these guys like playing for Dennis Allen. As weird as it is, you know, and you might be arguing that like yeah, but just because you like a guy doesn't make him the best option to be the head coach, and that's a good point. Uh, but it helps. <laughs> the more I think about things with this season, to me, it just, I think there was, there's a little, there was, or maybe even still is just a little bit of that awkwardness with the whole situation at quarterback. And I'm not saying that there's people divided over who should the starter should be, but it's a little different going into everyone believing and saying, you know, Jameis Winston's your starting quarterback. Oh, because of an injury, Andy comes in, but when Jameis is seemingly ready, ready to return into the lineup, it's not his spot anymore to take. It's just, it's just now Dalton's and it's hard. It's hard too, because you can't really take it away from Andy because his performance has warranted the playing time uh, for the way this, this he's, been, he's been good has genuinely operated. I know it's been a little frustrating, I guess you would say some of the play calling it comes down to, but Andy, we've said it ad nauseum that Andy Dalton is not the problem with the Saints offense. I don't think there's any question that Andy Dalton has played well for us. Um, and there's, you know, I'm going to call it, you know, a handful of plays in this season that if we make the play, um, you know, it's the difference in two or three wins. And, um, and that's just, that's where we're at as a football team right now. You know, we're, we're, we're close. We're just not quite, quite there yet. And, 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 um, you know, there's a handful of plays that in, in each game that make the difference in the game. And, and, um, you know, there's been a few, a few games where we haven't been able to make those plays and, and, and the ones that we have made those plays, um, you know, we've usually had good results. I mean, he's dead on for sure. Like they're so close kind of thing, but nobody really wants to hear that in the end. No. And it's like, if I could sit here and, and, and lay out numbers where they say Andy Dalton should be benched because he's doing it a, B and Z and like clearly not getting it done. I would, but I just, they don't, they don't exist. <laughs> like he has been good enough for this team to win. He's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Me too. Um, I I don't know if he's he's not the long-term answer because he can't be because he's not going to be playing that much longer, right? So that's the other question. But the question we went into this asking was, is this a good defense? And I guess when I when I ask that question, I mean more like, is this a defense that you need to tear down a little bit and rebuild? Or is it a defense that you just need to add a piece or two to? Yeah. And um, you know, and just and go for it. And I, I'm really close to saying. Yeah, that's what it is. It's this defense is still really good. It still has a lot of young pieces. It still has a lot of veterans. Like Cam is still playing at a high level, even if the sack numbers aren't there this year. You know, like he might he might not tie Ricky Jackson this year. I thought for sure he was going to tie Ricky Jackson, but he hasn't gotten a sack in the last few weeks. He still needs two and a half over the last two games. So who knows? Maybe he won't get there, and we'll have to go into next season talking about it. Uh, Alvin Kamara finally did tie Marcus Colston. It took him five weeks to do it, but he did, and. uh yeah, and I, and I kind of look at this like, you know, like this season has gone so poorly in so many ways, but you're still looking at it like, you know, they could finish eight and nine. You look at like, like go go look at like the NFL draft order and tell me that the Saints are in way worse shape than a lot of these teams. Like currently at six and nine or worse, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven teams, including Brother Browns, who you picked. That's that's a third of the league, right? How many teams are at seven and eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So that's 20 teams. 20 of the NFL's 30 teams have a sub 500 record. The Washington is seven, seven, and one. Miami is eight and seven. The Giants are eight, six, and one. The Chargers are nine and six. And so to say like this team is like that far away is kind of ridiculous. Like I get it. Things haven't gone well, but you know, I think this defense is still very good and it's like you're building on it. You're building on it. Would you have preferred to save that first round pick for this season so that you could probably draft a quarterback? Because I think that's the biggest question this team is going to have is who's the starting quarterback. Sure. But you know, you also need a left tackle. And if you end up getting that out of Trevor Penning and he's a starting left tackle, you're fine with it, but it is still a question. I think the question isn't who's going to be the head coach. The question is who's going to be the quarterback. And right now the answer is Andy Dalton. That's what it's going to be next season. Unless you, you know, you know, this is a, this is a game against the player who this might be an audition for Gardner Minshew, right? You saw Baker Mayfield earlier in this season. Maybe that's an audition. And he put, he's putting on a show in, in LA right now. Maybe he's, maybe he's grown up a little bit. Maybe stop headbutting players on the sidelines and stuff. Like, would you feel better with one of those guys in here than Andy Dalton? Stuff yeah. to say, right? The, no, to answer no, the question I was asking, I think this is a good defense. Yeah, and going back to all those numbers you put out too, it's really impressive to me, at least. And I, it's it of what they've been doing with a, a key guy like Marshawn Lattimore out the lineup. They've only gotten better over time without him and managing to survive with that next man up mentality and not having a guy with Marshawn in the lineup and what he does uh, because, you know, I think that the Mario Davis has talked about it in the past as he, he called Marshawn Lattimore the most important piece to this defense. And they've really been finding a way to thrive without him. Yeah. He's the most important piece because you just, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like you set it and forget it. You never have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you, know, right. you know, he's going to be there every week. And it's like, it just allows you to lock down one side of the field and just say, okay, we're going to have to figure out the other side. And uh, yeah, and not having him has made a difference. It definitely, I think you win the Bucks game with him, at, with him out there. Let's put it that way. Like if you want to say it's made, it, he, how many games difference does he make a season? I don't know, but at least you one. definitely, you, you win that game with him in there. And that's the that one game will probably have won you to the division if you want it. Ugh. So there you go. Like that's that's to me that's the wins above replacement right there. Is if that's Marshawn guarding Mike Evans instead of Paulson Adebo, you probably win that game. But yeah, so he'll be back, and a lot of guys will be back. We just need the uh, the flux capacitor, get in the DeLorean, and get in the time machine and fix everything. Hey, yeah, and you say next man up. The only team that I would say has been more mega next man up this season than the Saints has been the New Orleans Pelicans who have like not started the same starting lineup twice and are somehow a half game out of the first place. So and I, good I, news. I know in, Indiana's no powerhouse, but that was an impressive victory with no Zion, yeah. no BI, no Herb. It's like, come on. Yeah, they just keep winning games. They just keep winning games. So at least we get to talk about the Pelicans at some point once the Saints stop ruining my life and playing football games. No, and then you'll be complaining, oh, how the Pelicans, they were so close and they end up ruining your ba- – basketball is so finicky. It just – that fourth quarter is obviously – the last four minutes are so key every time. Sorry, I still got UConn. Should be number <laughs> one. Let's go. Championship number five incoming. Well, we got still plenty of football, though, with bowl games and two more Saints games at least. Bring on the Cotton Bowl. All right. Woo-hoo. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. 
Steve's got to go hang out with his mom. I got to go take a nap. As you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, because I'm not feeling well. Oh. Yeah, get that bourbon therapy and go, to, go take a nap. I do have bourbon. Like, Claire went out of town. My fiance went out of town. And so her, her Christmas gift to me was just a bottle of bourbon. Because she expects me to just get hammered every night while she's away. Make so, it with some tea so it's quote unquote a remedy. There it is. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button. As always, peace. Later, everyone.